Thank you so much. How many of you are glad that God is a God of hope? And we can hope in Him as a certainty. The key verse that we're looking at, and it's on our calendar. If you didn't happen to get a calendar this year, please go and see Mama Rachel at the end of the service and say, I didn't get a calendar, and we're happy to give you one. Um, the postal strike, remember. Uh, so so don't, don't forget that you've got a calendar there. And the verse on that calendar says, it's in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We get bombarded, don't we, with negative news, <laughs> negative views, from not only the media, but sometimes our own mind? Or am I the only person that I bombard myself sometimes with negative thinking? No. Or from friends, or from people that we know, and we lose hope. I've met many, I've lost hope. There's been times in my life when I've sat down, like in a dark room, and said, oh, there's no way out of here. How do we have a future in the middle of this? When a dream gets shattered, we can lose hope. When a plan didn't work out, you can lose hope. When a relationship goes sour, you can lose hope. Perhaps sometimes I think about my own life. Perhaps I did something stupid and it was all my own fault. So I deserve to sit down with no hope. Aren't you glad that God doesn't treat us like that? Perhaps it wasn't my fault and it was somebody else's fault. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to get them. Well, God doesn't deal with things like that either. God is a God of restoring yeah. hope. Come on. When you lose hope, it saps your energy. It's actually quite, it actually has quite harmful effects on our body in every way. It, it, it hurts our mind. It hurts our emotions. It hurts our sleep patterns. It hurts our ambitions. It takes away our drive. It takes away our joy. Losing hope is actually a very difficult moment to be in. I'm glad the Bible addresses this issue very, very clearly. And there's a lovely verse that we're going to kick out with, and, and it's Proverbs 23:18. It says, "There is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off." It's, it's not a case of you've got hope, but you're going to hit a time, baby, when you know we're going to cut. Have you ever been in somebody's in, in, in somebody's inheritance, somebody's will? Your name's been written there. I remember many years ago that a person who was going to, not this church, but somewhere different, and they said to us one time, why don't you just call around, when we got right there, we, we found out uh, that this person had got a will on the table, and my name was written in it. Wow. And this person was leaving me their property. Hallelujah. I went away thinking like, <laughs> that's, going to, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and how many of you know? It didn't. She died just a few years after that, and I never have had the call from the executor. So I guess that actually my hope was cut off, but we're included in God's will. Hallelujah. You are, so am I, and your hope will not be cut off. Life might not have been kind to you, but God always is kind to you. 
Life may have knocked you over and you feel a bit wobbly, but God wants to help you to stand up again today and to stand up not wobbly and weak and feeble, but to stand up strong and secure. And as I share this word with you today that I believe the Holy Spirit has sent me to do, it is so that you might, whether you're sitting at home watching me in your armchair or you're in some other place or you're sat here in the building today, God wants you to be able to stand again, be restored again come back to life again gain your confidence again gain your joy again gain your peace again because he has not written you out of his will his your name is in his will and you will never be cut off thank you lord the devil on the other hand comes to steal and destroy but god comes to restore and rebuild and that's why we're calling this message not only restoring hope but if you notice we said a new day you know when you've lost hope we all of us need a new day. And sometimes we, we think like, oh, it's been, I've been going down a long, long, long time. And I've been, you know, it's taken me a long time to get down this far. It's going to take me a long time to get up. I want to tell you something. It doesn't take a long time to get up. When the restoring power of God, when, when the truth of the Word of God hits you, when you are ready to open your heart and say to the Holy Spirit, do you remember that first verse, that we might be filled with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit? I want to tell you something. When the power of the Holy Spirit starts to get hold of you, it doesn't take Him a long time. It didn't take Him a long time to raise Jesus from the dead, did it? It didn't take Jesus a long time to raise Lazarus from the dead. Come out! And He came out. And I tell you, he can bring new life, restoration into your life and into your situation in a moment. I just love it that God's grace is a restoring grace. I believe in restoration. Yes. The devil stole. He thought he's tried to do it to me many times. He thought he'd taken away things from me. And he got me down. He got his foot on my neck never to rise again. But God has got a different idea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the same thing for you. God has got a different idea for you. It's it's a restoring idea. People can be mean-spirited. They can be judgmental. They can be, you know, difficult. But God is always kind and gracious and merciful. He does say to us sometimes, okay, now from here on you need to go and walk in a different way. But he gives us the hope of a new day. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, 28, that we can come to him when we are weary and burdened or lost hope and he will give us rest you know when you've lost hope the one thing you don't have is rest you know when you you're in a situation when you've lost hope how many of you know that you feel tired all the time but can't sleep you feel all the tired but when you go to bed your mind's just whirring and whirring and whirring and whirring and whirring well God wants to say into the middle of the turmoil that might be going on in your mind and if and if nothing's going on with you well hallelujah Get ready, hear this message, because it will one day. And then you'll know how to deal with it. And he says to you, peace. I am restoring peace to you. Take my, I'll give you rest. And he says, now take my yoke upon you and, lead, and learn from me, for I am gentle. That's our God. And humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why? Because he is a restoring God. He's a God who restores hope. If we come to God and we're prepared to take his yoke, that means we go and do it his way. It's not a case of live however you want and you'll expect to have peace. We shouldn't expect to have peace if we're going to live in our own way and we're going to be, you know, opinionated for ourselves. No, we need to be in a place where we 
submit to God. We put him first in our lives. We take his yoke. And if we do that, then he will come and he will take our weariness and he will restore us. He'll take our burden and he'll lift the burden and he will restore our hope. Believe it. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it says this, that the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore, say restore. Restore. Restore you and will make you feeble and weak and... No, no. No, it doesn't say that. That's what the Bible says. When God restores something, he makes us strong and steadfast. Strong in the Lord, strong in our mind, strong in our emotions, strong in our faith, strong so that we can stand, steadfast so that we're not easily moved. You might have been moved before, easily knocked around by opinion or, or emotional things, or whatever, but God wants you to be strong and steadfast. You know, if you've lost some hope or perhaps you've lost some time, uh, I, I, in my own particular journey through life, through a, through a long journey now, I look back and I, and I regret some of the time that, that was lost. Not just the, the, the sadness of loss, but the time. It took me a long time to get over some stuff sometimes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm more determined than ever in my life right now that we will not let the sun go down on our wrath. We'll not be in a situation where we, we dig ourselves a grave and slowly, handful by handful, pull the dirt in on the top of us and have a slow death. Amen. But we say, no, God, you know, we're going to look to you for your miraculous Amen. restoring of hope and of faith and of joy and of peace and blessing because God can do it like that. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a good, good God. We lost some opportunities. We lost some peace. We lost some joy. We lost some of those things. But the Bible says he himself, notice that's what it said in the verse. He said he himself will restore you. God's involved in restoring you. It's not a mind thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a process of, you know, me deciding, oh, I've got to pick myself up here when I've lost hope. No, God himself comes to restore. He, it's his hand that stretches out to me and you. It's his word that comes into our hearts and restores us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I love it in the psalm, and we thank you for choosing that song down uh, in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, by quiet waters. He, re he restores my soul. Yes. Your soul has got to do with your mind. It's got to do with that inner part of you. It's got to do with your, your emotions. It's got to do with, you know, the, the, the person on the inside. Not, not your, okay, the smile on your face says something, but your smile on your face comes when your heart's right. And what he wants to do is restore our soul. Yes. You know when somebody hasn't got their heart right, their face doesn't smile. That's right. You know, it's, okay, smile at me then, everybody. <laughs> Keep me at peace, all right. You know, because when, when, when God has done something in our hearts, he makes our face to smile. But we've got we to have something done in our hearts first. Or else we put on a plastic smile. And we all know that's not genuine and real. But when God restores our soul... What happens is our faces shine, and the Bible says that he is, he is our shepherd. Because of that, we'll not be in want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside crystal waters. He restores our soul. Oh, may God restore your soul today. May God restore your soul right where you are watching this at home, wherever you are today. I believe that God has wanted to say, I've come so that you can, re can, can, can have, find life, and I'm going to restore hope 
to you. I'm restoring it to you. I believe that's happening today for you and for us here. And, and then it goes on and says, it, and, and, and there's more. How many of you have ever watched some of those programs on TV where they're, is it QVC or something, and, and they're trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner? And they say, do, do, it's like this. And there's more. And you can get free brushes. Oh, and there's more. And you get free bags. And there's more. There are no bags. You know, and they, they go, and there's more. Well, I want to tell you, that God is always a God of more. Amen. And at the end of that psalm, we've got, and there's more. For he says then, after saying he restores, that would be enough. But then he goes on and says, you know, goodness and love are going to follow you all the days of your life. Now, when you know the goodness and love of God, I tell you, you're in a place where you, hope is restored inside you. You can't go to bed worrying when you know that goodness and love are going to chase after you tomorrow. No. You can't get up in the morning and eat your Weetabix and say, oh, it's going to be a terrible day, when you know that goodness and love are going to chase after you all day. Once you know that God is restoring your hope and speaking faith into your heart, you know that God, the more that God wants to give you is actually going to work for you. But we do have to take that walk. The Bible says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me. Well, <clears throat> he makes me. There is still a choice for us to be able to go with him. Will you go with him and sit quietly for some time by the still waters? Will you allow him the time? Will you allow him the freedom to restore your soul? Will you... I believe that God wants to say to us sometimes, you know, when we're jumping up and down and complaining, I believe that God kindly wants to say, are you glad that he's a gentleman? Because yeah. it talks about him being gentle there. Yeah. I think that he wants to say to us quite clearly sometimes, oh, shut up and listen to me. I really feel like I've heard God say that to me a yeah. few times. Yeah. Stop yeah. complaining. Just shh. He said it to the wind. But he, he heard people complain. I mean, even the disciples in the boat, you know, e even Lazarus's sisters, oh, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. You know, and it's like, oh, for goodness sake, you don't know the end of the story yet. My, he restored hope on that day, didn't he? Yeah. he they thought all hope was gone. Lazarus was dead. The grave was packed up. The, 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 the sister was complaining. And Jesus, shh, it's not the end of the story. And I want to tell you something. We've not seen the end of your story yet. No nor of mine, nor of ours as a church. Shh! Because God's got a plan of restoring hope. He's got a, he's got a way of breathing new life into what Come you on, thought was dead. On. He's got a way of restoring hope. Hallelujah. What an awesome God He is. It's a place of goodness and mercy following you. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. Don't we try and find our rest in so many different things, so many different people, all that special friend, all that bank account, all that holiday, all that project that we've got at home. We think like that is going to actually solve it all, put our mind on something positive. Well, put your mind on something positive, but you know the, the greatest thing to find restored hope is to put your heart and your mind towards the Lord. Find rest of my soul in God alone. My hope comes from Him. You might have a sense of optimism coming from the things that will happen around you, and it's good to have optimistic thoughts around you, but when it comes to hope, my hope is built on nothing less than Christ. 
that and all of his goodness and we stand on a rock who's called Christ don't put your hope in anything less than God himself in fact the but the, the that verse says uh, late in the second part of that verse he is my rock <clears throat> he is my salvation he is my fortress and when that's true I will not be shaken the devil can come and shake me somebody else you know an enemy can come and shake me but we're not going to be shaken because God has restored our hope you know might you might feel shaken today for some reason or other but I want to tell you something God has come to put his arms around you and to help you to stand on a rock to restore hope into you to restore us hope in your heart and a smile on your face and a sense of goodness I'm preaching the word here today. Yeah. This, this, is, this is Bible stuff yeah. that God has come, which is why in Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. faithful. When God has done something in our heart, hold on to it. Hold on to hope. Hold on to God. You know, there's a certainty, a confidence and assurance that whatever that me and you are going through, whatever our country is going through, whatever our church goes through, the, when we trust in God, He will bring us through. He's got not only just going to get us there, but He's going to bring us through well, and goodness and mercy are going to follow us every day of our life. I love the idea of restoration, don't you? I, I quite like watching some of these programs on, on the TV where they take a beat-up old car and... Uh, they restore it. Uh, there's, there's a few of those programs that, that are on there. They're really good. They're much better than Christmas programs that she likes to watch. <laughs> and they'll take in like a beat-up old, you know, Morris Minor. How many of you know what one of them is? Yeah, so there's some people of a particular age. And, uh, and they take it in and they, they, they throw everything at it. Yeah. And at the end of the restoration period, out it comes. And one comment that is nearly always made when they restore one of those old cars, I've seen it done on furniture, as we said about furniture as well, it's actually better than it was yeah. when it came out of the factory first time out. And you know, when God puts his hand on you, oh, oh, uh, when God puts his hand on your life, oh. when God puts his hand in the middle of what's going on in your situation, he wants to restore hope and it will be better than first time out because the hand, he himself will restore you. And when God puts his hand on you, is the master restorer is doing something absolutely incredible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Restoration, I love it. It's, the word is quite synonymous with a number of other words. The, the word restoration in the Bible, um, it, it's the same synonymous word of healing, of repairing, of returning to an original state. You know, God doesn't cast you aside just because something went wrong. When something went wrong, do, do you remember the woman that, was brought to Jesus because she'd done something wrong. Yeah. And Jesus said, okay, fine, if you want to be judgmental, uh, let a he who is without sin cast the first stone. And it says from the oldest to the youngest they left, and not one person cast a stone. I tell you, when you're in the presence of Jesus, it's not into casting stones moments. When you're no. into in the presence of Jesus, you're into restoring moments. Okay. And he was able to say to that woman, now, okay, it is a... It is a fulcrum moment for you. It's not going to be the same anymore. I'm not sending you out to go and live like you did. I'm saying, go and sin no more. But before that, he'd asked them, where are your accusers? And she said, not, not, none of them does. That's what, that's what restoration is about. 
Which is, which is why God says, in, in, the, in the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 1, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. I, I'm grateful for the grace of God that's been in our church that doesn't say, big sign out on the front door, only saints allowed here. <clears throat> well, I want to tell you something. I couldn't enter the door if that was the case. Me too. We're here because of the grace of God, aren't we? Amen. Every single one of us. We're here, and, and our ministry down all the years has always been to want to help people to be restored. You might have had a difficult situation, difficult time in your life. It might have been a difficult time at work, in your family, whatever it is. I tell you something, God knew, and God loves you. God wants to restore you. He wants to breathe hope again into your life. And we who are spiritual, those who are spiritual, should restore them gently. Psalm 51 verse 10 and 12 says, Create in me a pure heart. This is a prayer to pray. If today you are feeling like flat and upset and down and like life has treated you hard, this is a prayer for you to pray. You go to God and you pray Psalm 51 verse 10 to 12 and say, Oh God, create in me a pure heart, oh God. And then pray, renew that's restore. That's, that's what we're talking about. A steadfast spirit within me. And then pray, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, which God's not going to do. And the prayer continues, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And then it finishes with this unusual phrase, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What does that mean? I think every person I've ever met who loses their hope stops being willing. They're not willing to serve, not willing to give, not willing to be generous, not willing to smile, not willing to cooperate. They become awkward. That's my observation of life. When you got a hurt or damaged or a flattened hope. But when God comes to restore your hope, God brings to that a willing spirit. Come on, yeah. People who, have, their hope is in good place. Their faith is in good place. Are saying, God, here am I, use me. Here am I, here am I, here am I. When it comes to worship, hallelujah. When it comes to serving, here's me. When it comes to giving, here's me. When it comes to, you count me in. I've got a willing spirit. I want to, whatever days God gives me, I want to live with a willing spirit. Yes, amen. I don't want to come to church on Sunday and say, well, I've got to go there because I'm the pastor. I've been there once and did try to get out of it one time. She kicked me out of bed, if you remember. Yeah. I'm never going back there again. I want to have a willing spirit. When it comes to serving, have a willing spirit. When it comes to giving, have a willing spirit. When it comes to being generous to people, with about people's life, have a willing spirit. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And so I come to the conclusion of my message to you today, which is number two out of a series of five. Dan's going to help us with one that's coming up as well soon. Uh, but I want to just give you seven quick little bullet points for you to think about. Number one, let go. If you want God to restore your hope, there's some stuff you're going to have to let go of. Past hurts, past disappointments, people, past memories, time to, what do you need to let go of 
so that God can restore your soul. Number two, forgive others. Don't wag your finger at other people and blame them all the time and hold unforgiveness in your heart. If you hold unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody, you know what? The person who's going to get hurt most in that is not them. You might think it's revengeful, but it's not. It's going to hurt you. Yes. So let go. Forgive others. Number three, forgive yourself. Amen. You know, so, sometimes you know, God says, breathe new life. And we say, oh, no, not me, because you don't know what I did. Well, God did know what you did. Or God know what they did to you, or whatever it is. Just forgive yourself and say, thank you, Lord, for your grace towards me. Number four, now follow the Lord and be prepared to lie down a little bit in some quiet waters. Stop struggling. Stop mouthing off to God all the time. And let God do his work in your soul. Let him. So number four is follow the Lord in that picture of Psalm 23. Don't, don't try and wriggle out of it. Just let God do his restoring work in you. Number five, let restoration happen. Oh, Lord, sort me out right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sorry, Lord, I'm a bit busy. I've got to go and do this. No, give time to God. Let God restore your soul. Give him some time. Get up a bit earlier some mornings and spend some time in the word and in some prayer. Make an arrangement to see somebody of faith. Not somebody who's going to moan at you about somebody else, but somebody who's going to speak faith to you. Take a walk in this beautiful sunny winter that we're I don't know. Is it going to carry on? It's been, been, we've had a couple of nice days, haven't we? It's very, very nice. I was talking to our Polish friends here. It's been 20 degrees in Poland this last week. They've been swimming in the open-air swimming pools. Wow. Normally, it's full of snow and ice. Well, you still wouldn't catch me in an open-air swimming pool in 20 degrees. I need it to be about 30 <laughs> degrees. But let restoration happen. Give God the moment. He restores my soul. Don't move away too quick. So that you get half a job. Let God do the full job. Number six, live with restored hope. When you know that God has touched you and you, the penny drops about the grace of God about you. Okay. You know, we form habits because you've only got to talk or think in such a way for a few weeks. And guess what? You live and talk that way as a habit. Develop a new habit. A restoration habit. A restored habit. You know, you might, everything might not be solved, but somebody talks to you and runs saying, you know, mouthing off to God about it. You say, you know what? I'm not there yet, but I am on my way. He is restoring my soul, and I'm better than I was, and I'm going to be better than I am now because God is, he who has begun a good work in you is not going to stop doing it until he completes it. That's what the Bible says. Live with a restored hope. Live like a restored person. And number seven, stay grateful to God that he did not abandon you. But as a good shepherd who loves you, he came, got hold of you, put his arms around you, and said, you are not going to want. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to restore you. And even though you go through some terrible experiences, my rod and my staff are going to comfort you. And by the way, you're going you're to dwell in the house of the Lord eventually, forever. And we come all the way back to the beginning. That first verse in Romans chapter 15, 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you. Maybe I should put the word again. Fill you again 
with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you in the closing moments of our service, this first service this morning, are you a candidate for Dr. Jesus to come and restore your hope? Do you ever really have a hope in God? Have you got faith in Jesus Christ? If you've never come to a place of faith, this could be your day. This eighth day of January 2023, where you come and you say to God, I want to become a Christian. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. If you want to know more about that, come and talk to me or one of my team at the end of the service. Or drop me an email, ian at destinychurch.co.uk and we'll pray with you and we'll help you to take that step to becoming a Christian. If you're one of those people that lost hope, you got hurt, you got sidetracked, you listened to stuff that you shouldn't have and it damaged you. You did something you shouldn't have done and it damaged you. You just failed to be connecting with the restoring, restoring grace of Jesus and it's, and it's hurt you. Today's a day to accept the grace of God again. Let him restore your soul. It will restore your hope. And when your hope is restored, it will bring a new day. Hallelujah. You keep hope. Come on, let's stand together and sing the song. You keep hope alive.